0: Bringing us into another episode of That's What G Said Podcast Well, this is a an episode that will be coming out on August the 23rd Recorded some of this episode on August the 22nd So you'll hear a, an interview, basically the bulk of this episode will be an interview with Scott Shapiro a Good friend from Bet America, from Twin Spires You see Scott all over the place he Does a great job handicapping and you'll hear all everything uh, with Scott. We talk a little bit of baseball at the beginning, but then we spend an hour going over the Saratoga card, the Travers card for Saturday, August the twenty fourth. We hit on all of the Grade One races, and and uh, we tackle those. And then I'm going to recap uh, a little bit afterwards with uh, with my some of my selections uh, one more time quickly, and then close things out with a little. <laughs> BH 90210, Beverly Hills 90210, the great, nostalgic, corny show That week one, ratings were awesome Last couple weeks, the ratings have not been as good It's kind of strange to me because I think the show is what it is, right? I think a lot of people watched it and said, ah, it's not very good And I will say that the first part of the first episode... Was probably the, the, the weakest Of the three episodes And now I think, just like a lot of shows It just takes a little while to get into the groove Unfortunately, if the ratings don't turn back up They might not be more uh, They might not have more than their short little Six episode uh, Comeback season that this was So three more to go, but we'll talk about Episode 3 of BH90210 But First up Let's get into The current Status of Our best wrestling Movies tournament Down to the final four The Wrestler with Mickey Work, The the newer version And Nacho Libre The Wrestler right now is crushing Nacho Libre And then in the other It's uh, Vision Quest versus Man on the Moon So those were their final four Vision Quest has the lead slightly over Man on the Moon My personal favorite was Vision Quest My dad, wrestling coach Wrestled growing up I wrestled Growing up too from about five, age five to fourteen or so. Uh, when I went to high school, they didn't have wrestling. I played I played soccer, but my dad wrestled, coached, and so whenever he would have uh, a a meeting at the start of the season, he'd always show the movie Vision Quest to his to his team. And I love the movie. It, it not only is it a great wrestling movie; it's just a great movie overall. Good soundtrack. If you never seen the movie Vision Quest Or if you haven't watched it in a while Go check it out again Great flick Not a bad Final Four for the, the wrestling movies Nacho Libre fun The wrestler is really good Vision Quest is really good And the Man on, Man on the Moon is, is a really good movie too I was getting some some guff Because a couple people said eh, It's not really a wrestling movie I said yeah but there's a lot of wrestling in it And I'm pretty much deciding on this So I don't get to vote I'm at least going to get to put the 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 movies in So I think next up might be boxing So far if you have not Been paying attention or maybe you missed You can go back through the past episodes And listen in or go back through Some of my tweets uh, uh, It's me Gino B and you can see the previous polls We've had best basketball movies Where Hoosiers won We've had best Baseball movies Where Major League won We've had best soccer movies where Bend it like Beckham won We've had best golf movies Where Caddyshack won Best hockey movies where Slapshot won And then the best animated Disney movies we had Where The Lion King won So yeah a couple more sports to hit Football will be coming up soon That will be a big one I I think second behind baseball Football will be probably one of the bigger And more wide open of the sports There's some really good football movies out there So look forward to that Let's get into the interview with Scott Shapiro. Mentioned Scott from Twin Spires and Bet America. You can find him on Twitter. He does some really great work, and uh, I I follow him. And if you if you're ever looking to handicap. A particular race, a game, a sport He's Very good, he knows football, college football, college basketball Golf very well, uh, just overall very well rounded Scott Shapiro, at ScottShap34 on Twitter Give him a follow and listen in as we go through the Travers card at Saratoga We're going to start in race number 5 And uh, we'll go through the stakes races So enjoy the conversation with Scott we got a big racing weekend coming up. It is the Travers Day over at Saratoga, and you know what that means. Not only is it just the big, the big Travers. As you know, past years a big day would generally mean you know, just one or two big races. That's not the case anymore. When we have these massive, massive supercar days, so I'm very, very excited to introduce a good friend of mine. And man, if you are in the the racing world. You have seen this gentleman really skyrocket over the last few years He's now an analyst for Bed America and for Twin Spires And he covers more than just horse racing Really all wagering, NFL, NCAA basketball, golf in particular He hosts a podcast, the Who Do You Like podcast That you can download and subscribe to anywhere you get your podcast. I hear him in the mornings on uh, Saturday and Sunday on the radio Giving out plays, he is a jack of all trades And everywhere you can find him on Twitter at ScottShap34, Mr. Scott Shapiro How you doing, buddy?
1: Doing well, appreciate the kind words Gino. you know Excited to join you for the first of uh, hopefully many podcasts I've really appreciated uh, you joining me for a couple of ours And I ha- have to say our uh, MLB picks have uh, done pretty well They
0: have, you know, I've been going through them back and forth It looked like a couple teams that we were high on um, Like the Twins, They they had a little bit of a lull But they never really played poorly It was more the Indians starting to play really well the Cardinals have started to play some good ball, and the Cubs, who we were cold on, kind of came back to life a little bit. So I felt better about that because so that, I didn't want to give Krista like, Feck any more uh, opportunity to rip, <laughs> to rip me. So, uh, um, yeah, things have started to, uh, to take shape very nicely, and I'll, I'll never complain. I'll knock on wood when the Dodgers are having such a good year and just cross yeah. my fingers and, and hope they can get back to the World Series again.
1: It seems like it's either they're either going to win the World Series this year or they're not going to make it. I mean, they, I know, can't, right? they can't make it and lose again. Can they? I mean, you know, it's...
0: the only thing like when I when I totally take my fan hat off and and just kind of look back at the last couple of years and, and as an analyst, the only thing I look at is I say, well, they lost to two really good teams in the World Series. They yes, I don't they I still don't think I still don't look at them in the last couple of years and go, well, That was a series that they probably should have won Even against the Astros That was a real good Game 7 Gone back and forth They had opportunities to win and put them away earlier The Astros kind of did too It was just a really good series And then last year they were just They were just a step behind Boston They were were just It was one of those years for Boston Where everything went well And it's amazing to see how well things went for Boston Last year compared to this year Where they don't have you know, a, a, an entirely different team at all. They have a lot of the same players that were really good last year. Their offense is, is still as good, but you look at the Red Sox and they just haven't been able to uh, be as good in those situational spots that they were all throughout the year last year in big moments.
1: Yes, and that's what makes it as impre- as impressive as anything about the Dodgers is that they've been able to lose in the championship, which if you look over a lot of sports, not just baseball specifically, usually – Means a letdown And, and mm-hmm. the good thing About baseball And the Dodgers Is you can probably Come out of the gates A little slow Like they did last year Not this year And you got plenty Of time to make up for it And peak at the right time But yeah I mean the Red Sox Bullpen got got beat up a little uh, They lost some of those guys But yeah Just in general It's a, it's difficult to get up For a season And be as good as they were and, and come back And do it again But yeah They certainly have underachieved As we thought they would though I got yeah, the Yankees division bet You know We
0: so. did We knew the Yankees And, and it, <laughs> we, it looked like the Yankees were just really built to be a really good regular season Team you know yeah. and, and and they did this th- This year with all those injuries So um, right, yeah. I'm, I'm Excited because there was a lull in the Middle of the season where you started to look and And uh, to be honest this was I never want to say like an easy Season to predict but a lot of the things on Paper in, in baseball there were a couple things But a lot of the teams that didn't look like they Were going to be good aren't good Right, we didn't we didn't have very many surprises. Some of those bottom feeder teams that we thought everyone would be able to beat up on kind of have been those teams. So, you know, in the middle of the season, I don't want to say it was boring, but it started to look very like formful. And then the last couple weeks now, some teams started really playing well. A couple of these wild card races picked up, and after the trade deadline, a few moves were made. So now, when you when you look at the American League, you have. You know the Yankees are a strong team. The Astros are a strong team. It looks like the Indians and the the Twins are both strong teams, and the Rays are strong. I feel like that's going to be a good, you know, American League playoffs. And even in the National League, where the Dodgers have been out of the class throughout most of the year, the Braves made a couple moves. They just took two out of three from the Dodgers in a series over the weekend. Uh, You know, the Central. We like the Cardinals. You know, they're as talented to beat anyone in a series. I would never be shocked to see the Cubs beat any team in a series. You know, so I look at. The, the National League too now I feel like we're going to get a, a playoff in, in baseball where we're going to have maybe Six or seven pretty good teams
1: yeah, it should be fun. always look forward to the baseball playoffs They used to be a little more unpredictable than they have been of late yes. We'll see if we get back to that or maybe some of these top teams are just better And and, and it ends up being good for the World Series when we get to you know, the Clash of the Titans
0: Okay, let's get to the, uh, the horse racing talk, which I'm sure most people are tuned in for We're going to go through all the grade ones on Saturday, August the 24th So get your past performances out right now And we will begin with race number 5 What's cool about this card Scott is you have a lot of uh, a lot of big name horses a lot of horses that people will recognize cuz they've been you know top of their divisions for the last 6 months year two years but I I don't look through the the races and even in the races where there might be a heavy favorite it feels like they're not just free spaces throughout I feel like these races are actually still competitive Even in the smaller fields that might have some shorter Prices, you know, you look at this race To start, the forego, where Matoli. You can't really knock what, what This guy's done, he was Super impressive, he had a 7-way uh, race Win streak that was snapped last time Out, although I will take I will just say this for the people who are going to get upset He wasn't going to beat McKinsey in the Met Mile if McKinsey didn't have that trouble But I, I know that's going to frustrate a few people out there <laughs> Nonetheless, he's an awesome horse He's had a great year He's one of the best horses in training When you talk about from six furlongs to a mile He's excellent And I think, you know, you, we looked at his last race He just drew the rail He got dueled into submission by Strike Power We saw Imperial Hint Freak in that race I guess you have to start the, the analysis and the handicapping in this race with and Where do you lean on him in here?
1: Yeah, well, as you mentioned, he uh, certainly is a very nice horse, whether he would have beaten McKenzie or not. And the last effort in the Vanderbilt was um, forgivable, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, not only because he wasn't going to, I mean, very few sprinters ever would have beaten Imperial Hint that day, but the fact that he drew the rail right inside of another speedball and strike power, like you mentioned, makes it made it. On paper, looked like even though he was one to two, that, you know, if things shook out a certain way, he would he would struggle or have to work really hard. And in this spot, he comes in second off the short the freshening for Steve Asmussen and a couple encouraging things. One, we talked to Steve Asmussen on inside Churchill Downs right before the Vanderbilt. And I didn't get any sense that if he ran well in the Vanderbilt, that they had any designs on coming back for the forego. So the fact that he didn't run well, yet they still bring him back in this race that's kind of encouraging to me. I think they would have given him a little bit of more, little more time off um, after the Vanderbilt if they thought something went wrong or they thought he wasn't doing extremely well. But now they're bringing him back, and he does draw outside as opposed to inside. That's the, the upper key, speed. right? Yep, um, and that's the key, like you said. Promise filled a very fast horse. Uh, we saw these two face off twice already. Uh, the more similar race was the Churchill Downs on Derby Day, where. Uh, Promises Fulfilled drew inside Matoli that day, and Matoli was able to rate for the first time against a strong field and, and pull away in the end. And it looks like, unless maybe Kildebeg's captain who draws outside Matoli decides to mix it up three deep, that Matoli should be able to sit right off of Promises Fulfilled and get the best of this group, assuming he doesn't take another step backwards.
0: Yeah, it it that's really what I saw when I looked on paper too. Because you saw promises fulfilled and Matoli hook up a couple times, and you know promises fulfilled is no slouch. Uh, every oh. time I watch his races, I continue to get more and more impressed with him. Even the the race like the Met, where he didn't get the lead, and and he was just kind of in between, kind of pressing. And then at the top of the lane, he looked like he was done, and he actually held on pretty well to finish fourth that day. Like if you watch the race again, when he starts to look like he's tired, you're thinking, okay, he's going to back up. He actually holds strong and actually holds off Forenzi Fire, which he's the horse I never know what to do with Forenzi Fire because he – one of these – in a spot like this, he's going to jump up and win one of these times when he gets the trip. The problem is he seems like in the last two starts he should have been a little bit better. I think I'm willing to forgive the Vanderbilt race when he started to move and then he kind of moved down into a dead rail and then yeah. you could see that rail was not the place to be that day and then he just immediately stopped and he was never even able to go by Matoli, who I actually think ran pretty well in that Vanderbilt to to hold off Renzi Fire so I just he every time he's in a spot like this like if you you look at this race and if you're going to try to beat Promises fulfilled in Matoli, or just look For a, a little bit more of a price you, You're probably thinking it's forenzy Fire because he looks again like Okay as you mentioned if Kilibeg's captain Puts a little speed on promises fulfilled Or let's say Matoli doesn't really want To sit and maybe the three of them hook up Or even just two of the three of them hook up Then it does look like Frenzy Fire Who gets the trip who gets the jump I just don't know if he's quite good enough I, I mean he should have every opportunity again In a small field like this he just He's a, he's a tough horse for me um, to, to kind of to figure out And I just wanted to mention Airstrike a little bit Who I don't think is the quality He'll be a horse who is the same type of thing He needs a little pace to set up But he does come out of some productive races Even though they're still a cut below these sprinters I think they're not quite at the Matoli Imperial Hint level he did uh, lose to Sistron, who then just came back and won the Bing Crosby, so he was beat by Sistron a couple times in a row. Masito Rojo, that's a 15-time winner who's won three in a row, so he's no slouch. I just think he's more of a a, a cut below. So for you, is this really just kind of a Matoli and move on?
1: Yeah, I feel similar about Firenze Fire, a tough horse to read. I think I'm willing to let him beat me, even though he'll get the mm-hmm. trip. And, and I do think I am a little bit intrigued by Airstrike, maybe for second in this spot, underneath Uh Promises fulfilled would need to be dueled into defeat probably or else they're gonna probably one one three three one the way I see it. Yeah he's but it's man, he holds he's like a he holds. horse. He really does. Yeah. Like
0: he's not just a speed horse who doesn't hold. Even in even in Dubai, when he's not able to get the lead, he doesn't really pass horses, but he holds his ground really well. And, he's a good you know, horse, man And so horse. you know what you're going to get from him Especially from the rail, they're just going to fly and, and they're just going to, you know, maybe get a, Try to get a little bit of separation From Matolli if they can But nonetheless, um, I think is going to at least have to work This isn't going to be a, a race where he's going to be able to just Go very easy on the front end and cruise around He's going to have to either press or sit off a, a really nice horse and then Hold off a couple decent horses at, at the very Least in frenzy fire and, and Strike.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's definitely a stretch based on numbers to put airstrike in second. Mm. Uh, but I do like the fact he's getting an extra furlong and gets goes second off the layoff. And I really like the way Joel Rosario should fit this horse, a uh, horse from well off the pace. We know Joel can finish as well as anybody. So, And it's interesting that they opted to to run in the forego as opposed to the Pat O'Brien. I'm not sure what the decision was there. But anyway, I do think uh, I'll probably play a small 3-2 and probably single Matoli in the horizontal wagers. That
0: is in race number five, which is the grade one Forgo. The sixth race is the grade one Ballerina, seven furlongs. These are the fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up. And what's interesting about this race is the the horse who's the morning line favorite come dancing, who is just a short favorite on the morning line. I still keep scratching my head and and look back at that race when she was – Favorite over Midnight Bisou in the Phipps, you know, because on paper yeah. she was coming off of two really big wins And she looked like she was the lone speed in that race And you know what, she actually didn't run poorly when she was second behind Midnight Bisou She stumbled at the start, she was able to recover and get the length lead easily She was just no match for Midnight Bisou, who not not really many have been a match for her so far this year The race in and April was not bad The only thing I like, I, I looked back at that April 5th race In the distaff when she was 4-1 to one And that was kind of the big race that started Her two race win streak Or her really good three races in a row she, she was able to get to the lead easily that day Because the favorite, Catherine the Wise Stumbled And that really opened things up for her early on Now that, that one, Catherine the Wise Came back to win a $200,000 New York Breadstakes next out So I look at this race And while come dancing has a lot of speed and is tough, do you feel like she's a single or an unbeatable horse in this spot?
1: No, and I I have a lot of respect for what Carlos Marin has been able to do with this mare, and and she certainly merits major respect. But my my biggest question is what kind of trip, Mm -hmm. you know, for a 7-5 to shot, what kind of trip is this horse going to be able to work out from the inside. I mean, she's she is a speed horse. She's not the fastest in the field. There's actually true sprinter types. Minute to start them, I think, is is the true speed of this race. Um, that the question on that horse might be the seven furlongs. But can Javier Castellano work at a trip from off the pace and will come dancing be able to get the best of other horses from off the pace and hold off any others from behind? To me. That's a, uh, a greater than seven to five chance, I guess, if if you want to simplify things. I'm not, I'm gonna probably take a chance against Come Dancing. Uh, I guess this isn't really involved in any of the pick five sequences, but if, if she's gonna be seven to five, it's not that I don't think she can win, but I just have a hard time visualizing uh, the her getting the, the trip.
0: Yeah, yeah, like how she wins. You know, that's the thing. If she's impressive enough to kind of shrug off the other speed, because you know even. To her outside, like Pacific Gale isn't is is like a presser, but she doesn't really pass, so she's going to be like shoved out of the gate a little bit early on. Mia Mischief is is really quick, and she's going to show up right there on the outside and press. You mentioned Minute to Stardom might be the fastest in here, so you know now you're looking at this race, and I think what makes it tough on Come Dancing, the five fastest horses in this race all draw right next to each other in the middle of the field, and she's on the inside of all five of them. Yep. So yes, that's I. Her- she might be in some trouble.
1: Yes, and I agree. And the other thing to keep in mind is, Mia Minaj tried to relax off minute to start him last time, and clearly did not work. No. So you would have to assume Ricardo Santana Jr. and Steve Asmussen are, are planning on being a little more aggressive and not reliving the honorable miss where they where minute to start beat him to the lead, and they probably thought, ah, you know, this horse is twenty to one, we can sit off and and pass, and that just simply wasn't the case. So. Yeah, I think it's come dancing makes sense to play against. It's a horse that certainly has enough quality to beat me, beat you, beat anyone. Um, but at the price and at the, the trip, I'm expecting as a trip handicapper, I, I definitely can can see a reason to take a chance against.
0: Yeah, even you um, know uh, you look at the at the rest of the field. Like there's just not a lot. I think there's one or two that are generally happy taking back a little bit Even the one special relativity is not nearly as fast as the rest of these But I don't think she wants to be like five lengths out of it That's why for like a long shot chance I give Dawn the Destroyer a a look in here to pick up the pieces I don't, again, I don't know how good this mare is And I don't know if she can win And it's not, like we said, it's not like a pick five race So this might be a race where maybe I play a try And try to get her in the mix If you look at her last few races She hooked Lone Speed in her last three She was behind Come Dancing when Come Dancing Was walking on the front end She was behind Heaven Has My Nikki who won that race Just cruising on the front end And she was behind Separation of Powers who won on the front end Last time out and now with a couple of those Horses hooking up I think at the very least She'll get the trip Who knows if she's good enough So if we're going to go against Come Dancing Who do you like in this spot
1: Yeah I think if you're going to play against her From a horizontal perspective I would use I would use Special Relativity separation of powers is a tough read for me uh this horse went to the lead without a lot of speed in that last race at better roses just popped the gate from the outside but i don't think this horse will have any any you know thoughts of going to the lead with the speed in this group so she could be dangerous she's run her best races at saratoga never never was a tremendous fan of this horse for a barn that's loaded with horses that i am but she certainly could get the trip and then your horse on the destroyer. It remains to be seen how good she is at this at this point in her career. She's won two of eight since twenty the start of twenty eighteen, but one of those came at Saratoga. And like you mentioned, she's raced against the flow in the last three. Sure, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, late in those races. So you, maybe she's just kind of a plotter at this point. But at fifteen to one. I'm willing to include in a, in a horizontal environment, and same with minute to start them. I don't think seven furlongs is the game, but on the lead at that price, with a number of horses that may not like to sit chasing, I think I would include. But overall, I guess that the the plan would be to try to beat the favorites in this race. I wish I had someone I liked a little more than I do sure. on the outsiders.
0: And I kind of like what your approach is because. I, I don't want to take some of these horses Who might be out of their best game As you mentioned, like Mia Mischief She wants to be pressing right off And she's good if she's able to to do that But I don't know if she's going to be able to do that In here, I mean it to stardom's good When she's able to clear And that's why, you know, I wouldn't even really talk you off That special relativity who you use from the inside Who's an obvious course for course And loves Saratoga And you know what? She's coming out of some some good races too. She's for the same as as the Dawn the Destroyer who I like, maybe she's not the top quality with Come Dancing or Separation of Powers or Mia Mischief when they run their A game, but from a trip standpoint, from a sharp standpoint, I think the inside and the outside both have a have a, at least a, a puncher's chance in here. So, we'll uh, we'll give those horses a look, Special Relativity and Dawn the Destroyer. But I think I'm with you too. Of of the short price horses, I would prefer Separation of Powers cuz I feel like she might be able to Maybe sit just off If Come Dancing, if Mia Mischief, if Minute to Stardom Do hook up, maybe she's just You know, you know, right behind that flight And maybe she flops right into the uh, Into the win So that's race number 6 in the Ballerina As we move on to the Jerkins And Scott, we saw Chancelot Run the Highest buyer speed figure of any horse this year Now, when I'm doing my <laughs> handicapping I'm de- I'm generally not a person Who just looks at the, the highest last out buyer And says, oh yeah, this is the winner But when you run the highest buyer Of any horse this year That's probably something to stop and, and take note Now, some knocks on this horse He's going to have to stretch back out To seven furlongs He does draw the rail And while there isn't Maybe a ton of other Early speed that's going to press him There are some legitimate Late runners in here Who if he does you know stumble Or if he doesn't go smooth early on You know a few of these May be able to pick him up late But man oh man This course was super impressive I think I was listening I was on a flight I think and I was listening to you talk uh, On one of your podcasts about Chance Lott and, that, and how you know Navarro Had talked about how this was The best horse he's ever trained and he said that Before the Amsterdam and this is A gentleman who's trained some pretty good horses Including XY Jet so this isn't Like the first good horse he's ever had He was just incredibly impressive Last time out
1: Yeah and that Amsterdam that 12 horse Field maybe in hindsight won't look As good now but uh, It looked like a loaded field in there And I never thought there would be a 6 to 5 Shot let alone a horse run his own race, and kind of just I mean, he he laughed at that field. You rarely see it, efforts like that in a twelve horse field. And you mentioned the rail, and I want to think, ah, oh, you know, I mean, are you you know, as a horse player, guys like us to play right now, we want to find reasons to try to beat horses mm-hmm. like chance a lot because that's when you can really capitalize in race, horizontals, verticals, whatever it may be. But I don't see I don't see this horse gonna to have to take a huge step backwards yeah. or miss the break from the inside. and, His last two starts, he's first out of the gate. I mean, he didn't even give him a chance last time. Fifty yards about it. Fifty
0: yards. He he would open up by a length, and then what I thought was really impressive. Right. So he opens up a length from the outside. He's trying to to cross over, and then a long shot named Classy John, who's like fifty to one, he kind of gets shotgunned to try to push Chancelot (laughs) a little bit, and he gets to about like Chancelot's butt, and then he just immediately shrugs this horse off opens back up two lengths like like a couple kids out racing you know and, and like your little brother kind of comes up to you and you're like get out of here you know And he just it was sh- like and that was like it.
1: American Pharaoh in the Belmont what was that materiality do you remember that yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> kind get of get like that here. where you're like here here comes mat- oh there it goes materiality. <laughs> <laughs> God.
0: It was, I mean he was cruising he was very impressive and you know when you go back to the races prior to the Amsterdam so if somebody if people are gonna say, well he didn't really beat anybody in that Amsterdam Okay well he won by 12 plus lengths Two in in his debut Race he beat a couple next out winners Who came back to win maiden special weight races One of them a, a state bred and then another one an open And then in career start number two he beat two Next out winners one of them came back to win a small Jersey shore stakes at, uh, at Monmouth so it wasn't like he was Coming out of batter races before he won the Amsterdam And then I think One of the more interesting things is right like if You look up at the horse Nitrous who very nice horse. I mean, this is a multiple graded stakes placed horse. He's been, he's multiple grade one placed. He just missed in the Woody Stevens. He basically ran the same exact race in the Woody Stevens in the Amsterdam, just from like a figure standpoint.
1: Mm-hmm. And in
0: one of the races, he was beaten a neck, and in the other one, he was beaten 12 and a half lengths. Yeah. <laughs> like just using him as a measuring stick for Hog Creek Hustle versus lot like that to me was so impressive When I looked at that And like for, for the people that don't You know understand the way That the figures and the numbers are made Like look at the difference Between the 95 buyer And 121 buyer You know that's a 12 length There's like 12 lengths of difference in there And and that's just really impressive Because I, I think as you said I'm looking at this field I, I think you know Baracho is a nice 3 year old I even think Dallas Stewart has a typical Dallas Stewart horse in here, right? Doesn't 12th labor just look like a Dallas Stewart horse on paper? Like a late runner, like a late developing horse Maybe you yep. cut below everyone Who might just kind of sneak into the the late Like the exotic somewhere I, I have no knocks on Nitrous No knocks on Mind Control Like and Hog Creek Hustle If there was more speed or if Shancelot wasn't in this race I think all of them would have a, a, a chance to win But if if Shancelot breaks quick And the only, only horse I think in this race that can even maybe push him is right to his outside. Like if Call Paul is not intent on pushing him, the race is probably over early.
1: Yeah, and you have to think from Call Paul and uh, Irad Ortiz Jr. and Jason Service' perspective, what's in it for them to really sure. push this horse? I think if if they just kind of let him cruise and sit second, they can they they have a chance to run second, Grade one placed. Yeah, and they don't and you look I'm look they have a Grade 3 win, they finished third in the Champagne Grade 1, but but they're looking for Grade 1 black type for sure. Um but he's the only thing that there is and I guess you know there are like you mentioned there are a couple horses I really like in this field. is a very nice horse that continues to improve for Rusty Arnold and Rowaiton I think cutting back to one turn is is the, is what um uh, yep. He needs to do here. You know, the Dwyer, he had the excuse and ran in the Code of Honor and the curling in the mud was just too much to ask. But loved that return race at Belmont at six and a half. And 12th labor of just a, you know, 50 to one shot for Dallas Stewart. You mentioned this horse is way overclassed in many ways, but he definitely has shown the ability to to run on late and is an improving sort. And when Dallas takes chances like this, and we love him for it, Because we would love more trainers to take chances Mm -hmm. and make these races more interesting. But uh, he's a horse that I wouldn't be afraid to try to sneak into the exotics. But I wish I was more creative, uh, Gino. But it's just, I think he just, I think I feel like I'd be wasting money trying Mm -hmm. to use horses other than Chance a lot. I
0: just, I wish there was a little more speed. You know, if we just had one or two, which generally in these seven furlong three-year-old races, you know, in these sprint three-year-old races, a lot of the horses that were not, yeah, um, the distance ones that wanted to get on in, in the big triple crown races They end up cutting back and making this series You know, good and pretty fair And a lot of times we get, like we saw In the Woody Stevens, a race that kind of You know, falls apart and Hog Creek Hustle and Nitrous come flying And Baracho ran really well that day He he might have won, he had to kind of maneuver In and out and weave back and forth So, it's just, it's tough Because I just don't, I want to, like you two We, we, can, we want to try to beat Chance a lot But I just don't see Where it shapes up for him I think we mentioned the right horses though If you are trying to beat him, Barracho Makes sense, I really wouldn't talk you off Nitrous You know, if mind control is over 10-1, to his last start He didn't get a good number or a a good Figure, but he he literally had No chance, he was behind Horses the entire race Once he got out, he actually started to make a little Bit of a move, Uh, so don't really Let that race be the reason why you don't Play him Or the one before yeah, yeah. He, he got steadied, and I don't, you know, that was an inquiry where I played Hog Creek Hustle, and I thought they were going to take him down because I'm going, oh no, this is like my best <laughs> bet of the day. They're going to pull me down. I couldn't believe they left him up because Mind Control, because you know, I watched the race, and at the top of the lane, like right when he gets impeded, Hog Creek Hustle comes along the outside and kind of crosses over on Mind Control a little bit, and it looked like Mind Control was backing up, and I don't, you know, I watched two or three times after. It wasn't even that Mind Control was backing up Hog Creek Hustle was just kind of moving a little faster Because Mind Control didn't stop He didn't stop, right. back up, and run dead last He kind of kept grinding and kept trying So, yeah, I mean, there are some quality I mean, we're, Mind is a grade 1 winner You know, we're, we're looking at Hog Creek Hustle Who's a grade 1 winner And we're just kind of shrugging them right off for uh, Because Chancelot has really been that impressive So, um Again, another race where we're going to see a big star, and we'll see if he can continue to shine and continue to improve, Shanshala. I don't know how much you can improve off that 121 buyer, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Look we'll out. see if yeah. he can take a step forward off of uh, off of that one. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pass right through the Boston Spa, which is fine. I wouldn't want to spend a ton of time on this race, anyways, because you know what? I actually think in a race that will be. Kind of a formful race. If you can get three to one on Secret Message, I'll absolutely take it. I think she's a nice Grade Two filly. She was behind Sister Charlie, Rushing Fall, and Home Reek. The three Chad Browns who are three of Chad Brown's top top tier. She doesn't really have to deal with any of the top tier, but which is funny because that that's kind of what happens in the next couple races. Uh, I felt like um the grass races at least, Scott, you look and you're like, oh, okay, well Chad doesn't really have a top tier horse, but then you look out and he's got like Moshka there. And then when you get to the tenth race a little later on, you're like, oh yeah, Ch- Chad doesn't really have any of his top tier horses, but he does have Ya Primo and Annals of Time both who it's... are like
1: major I've never seen players. anything like it with this start with this. I mean, you know, yeah. he's just churns them out and it's crazy.
0: Well and he he also has a, a pretty live runner who forgive me if I'm incorrect, but I think you and I both liked Wow Cat a little bit in the Breeders' Cup, right? Yeah,
1: was that a horse with this stuff that yeah, we both liked? yeah. you yeah. ran really great well. and almost ran down Monomoy Girl. Yep. Yeah, I was. We, my binoculars almost got thrown on the ground that I day. I think you so talked mad. with
0: us on the Mike Abadir show the week uh, the week before the yeah. Breeders' Cup, and we did a preview. Wow,
1: Cat and Shaloon, we talked about those. Yep, tough? those <laughs> were <laughs> a couple brutal <laughs> who ran great races. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Brutal, but this. Personal
0: Ensign which we'll get to right now Which is the, the ninth race This is by far The best of the older Philly and Mare races that we've seen on the year We've seen Midnight Bisou and Elate Hook up a couple times When uh, when they faced each other and Midnight Bisou Got the better of Elate But now you throw Wow Cat Into the mix and She's a Julie Is no slouch and then Golden Award Is no slouch So this is a small field but If you told me Coach rocks won. i'd be a little surprised if you told me anyone else in This field run i really wouldn't be that surprised
1: Yeah that's a fair assessment i think um looking at this field obviously the Morning line suggests it could be a two-horse race to many with midnight Bisu on the rail and elate in the four hole of those two i think i prefer Elate at anything a mile or an eighth and or Mm -hmm. over i thought she was extremely Impressive in the mile and a quarter delaware handicap last time kind of made us realize that she's still here after the, you know, the win in the Florida low that Florida Lee, sorry, that, uh, you know, it was workmanlike, but uh, I think she's the clear horse to beat in here. But, but Wow Cat to me, once again is interesting. Second start off the layoff. Uh, I thought last time in the shoe, the against golden award and she's a Julie, she was kind of up against it when they went 50 and one and 113 13 and four giving golden award, a huge edge. Um, so she would be the third horse I'd consider, and if we're talking about horizontals type situation, I would probably just go four and five, and let Midnight Bisou beat me like she has several times. I mean she's um she's a been a she's had a great year. I never thought she would do this as a four year old, and hats off to Steve Asmussen and and my friend Jeff Bloom, uh, who's who's been fortunate enough to be along on the ride with this one. But yeah, I think she's a joys couple old, you know, not to talk anybody off a twelve. No, yeah. No. She's more. Bye. She seems
0: like a pace. Like to me, when I look at this race, it looks like both Mott and Asmussen have a strong hand because I think they both have a like a pace horse, and then they both have you know the big the big mare and the big filly Midnight Bisou and Elate. So you know she's a Julian Golden Award. They hooked up last time out. Golden Award was just much better. She's actually ni- mm. She's nice. She's actually done done very little wrong in her career, and she's kind of improving at the right time. But you, I think you are right in that. The top two are definitely a cut above the rest in here I, Even WoWCat who I like and who, who maybe can get trips and is a, is a closer and I think is better at a mile and an eighth probably than Midnight Bisou The one thing I will give Midnight Bisou, I guess I'll give her a shot this year going a little bit longer only because, only because she just seems like she's like you said. She's just seemed she's a better animal this year than she was last year. She's she's matured. She's a lot more push button. She's five for five on the year, but there are a couple really key knocks as you mentioned. She's zero for three at a mile and an eighth. She's zero for one at a mile and a quarter. So she's she's not good at she's not been good at anything over the mile and a sixteenth, and she's not really been great at Saratoga. So you know, in her two races there, so were those because it was too long? Maybe she wasn't the quite Philly she is now There are some knocks on a horse that Is going to be a short price so that's the Concern are you are you going to want to take The really short price on her or you have to Worry about a few things now I will say I don't I don't really worry that her last race like If you're just playing off it figures and stuff That it was a little bit of a down race remember that Was the really weird Haskell day when they Were off for a few hours and then they Ran that race at 627 It was just a bizarre like Card went with the heat and they waited long And so if, if you see Numbers and figures from Haskell Day that are a little Off or Horses performances that might not have Been quite up to the best Just kind of you know take that with A grain of salt but yeah I mean Elate is just plain and simple She's just been better going longer she just yeah. she is she's just a a mare that can run all day. Her big races have always been in these mile and an eighth, mile and sixteenth, a 16th, uh, mile and an eighth, mile and a quarter races. It just seems like where she's her best, and that's going to be the real the real true test. And I hope we get the race where you know Midnight Bisu, who it feels like all year. She's been on the rail like every one of her races then I feel like she's just kind of sitting on the rail looms Up mm-hmm. and then moves through and she's on the rail again So it'll probably be the same type of trip Where she's sitting there waiting and Elate late Moves up I hope we get that race where we see These two hook up and if It's not one of these two you would prefer Wowcat
1: Yeah I think so Gino and I mean I think if we're talking If you if you handicap the race and you Come up with Midnight Bizu and a late Being standouts I, I would recommend If if Unless you like a price in one of the other legs of your horizontals, uh, pick pick one and not and don't use yes, both. You know, no, you see absolutely. people, you know, it's, it's the safe move to use them both. You're probably going to get through. But then you turn a six to five or I, I'm sensing that a late will be the favorite. I don't know. I, mean, I, I think so,
0: too. I think at the yeah. distance and, it, and I think in New York.
1: I think yeah, that has something I to do with think- it, too. And I just think in general, people are a bigger believer, like a late is is just a super horse that's kind Mm -hmm. of underachieved at times. And people have kind of waited to beat Midnight Bisou over and over, at least a lot of the people I know. Um, So not to take anything away from Midnight Bisou, but I do think a late will probably go our favorite. But the approach is right. You take, you you don't, when
0: you're playing a multi-race exotic like this, you almost never double up. When you have two horses that are going to be very short, similar prices. It just, you just doesn't kill make your sense. Value.
1: Yeah, you, you, you pick just kill one your of the
0: value. two in single, or you use one in another horse. I mean, almost the only way I would ever do that is if I had, like, singled two really big prices, you know, later
1: exactly. in the car. Exactly. Exactly. That's the key. You got to think of what is around it. And I I think, you know, obviously with chance a lot, if you're playing the pick five, you're already in a, in a situation where if he wins... And you don't structure your ticket right, and, and it chalks out. You could lose money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know these days can get chalky at times. So you yep. don't want to. You definitely don't want to. Don't even five put ways yourself in that up.
0: situation. Exactly. No, you just don't even give yourself a chance for that to happen. You play the ticket. If you if you have an eighty dollar budget, and maybe you just like elate. Instead of playing an eighty dollar ticket, you play maybe forty, and you double it up. You play right. it twice. You know, or or if you want to go like you said, elate in Wow Cat, or maybe elate in Golden Award, or just. Or midnight bisu and golden award, one of them and another price. So you give yourself an opportunity. I think too many times people will play tickets, and I used to see this a lot. And I would, I would tell people, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not saying it to like to be mean or anything, but it's like, well, that's an eighty-one dollar ticket, and you might not get your eighty-one. Like things would have to go well for you to get your eighty-one back, right. you know. And that's what the approach always has to be. Okay, don't feel forced to play a pick four or a pick five if you don't like it. You know, play play an exacta, play a trifecta, play it one race at a time. Just don't feel forced to get into this. And then you have to go, okay, these are the two that are gonna win this race, these are the two that are gonna win win this race, and then you look up and in the entire sequence you have A B, A, B, A, C, A, B, C. You know, it's just not you're just not gonna make money that way.
1: No, I totally agree. And and on days like this, especially uh, where where there's relatively small fields. And a number of horses that are going to be two to one or less that are very capable of winning, you have to you have to be careful of uh, constructing your wagers uh, in the proper fashion, just as much or more than you do about handicapping the races.
0: Okay, two races to go. Let's get to race number 10. It is the Sword Dancer, the grade one mile and a half on the turf course. The it's funny You look when you start at this race I like looked three times to make sure the one Proven reserves was like in the right race Because you just never (laughs) see that You know it's like you just never see a Chad Brown horse Like this running in a spot like this First first time on the turf Um, Maybe they're in there just in case the race Gets taken off the grass but it um, Very very strange Because he ran an awesome Race first time out to win Going a mile on the dirt at Aqueduct This horse has never tried the grass just so bizarre to see proven reserves in here uh, The three horses To the inside I thought Looked a little overmatched Did you, Could you make a case for any of them sneaking into the exotics
1: I can't uh, no. You know I, I always respect Mike Maker when he moves horses up in class So of the three I would give Noble sure. thought the biggest chance And it's funny you mentioned proven reserves Because like you said Brown usually places his Horses where you Maybe Klarovich just wanted to have a horse in the sword dancer, but it's mm-hmm. funny, there's there's no turf pedigree that when you mentioned at Aqueduct, when Chad's debuting his horses at Aqueduct, it's automatically a bit of a red flag. Mm-hmm. It was a four horse field. He didn't even get that race. Exactly. But what's what's the most weirdest thing is you could you know, this horse doesn't have a lot of turf pedigree, but I don't even care if the horse did because Chad Brown debuts his turf horses on turf, or maybe a start or two, but for him to this to be the first start on turf You weird. know, it's just, it's, so it's weird. weird I wouldn't be surprised if this horse gets scratched I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to look I mean, maybe, maybe they're going to send The horse, for because the annals of time Is Clarevich, I forgot, so it's not even
0: We're going to find, yeah, uh, I mean, we're going to find out They were like, a, just a clerical error or something, or something Yeah, it's one. weird
1: because... You're, It's weird, Franco board, it's a weird Situation, you almost wonder how this Happened, but yeah, I mean, of the three Inside horses, Noble Thought would be the one that I would give a look Especially with a rod being on board but, but it's a reach for any of those three to even hit the board And then after that The race actually I think of all of the races on the card
0: Or maybe like the big ones This one feels like the most wide open It just doesn't feel like there's a Dominant horse or two um, Here You know, Annals of Time looks good He's very logical, very live But he's not Chad's top tier Horses, he's not, He maybe he will be but he's not quite one of his A horses right now. Um, even Ya Primo, who was good, he was you know he showed up in a Grade Two in his first start, and he was behind Channel Cat. He he moved up the rail. He got a good opening, and he could step forward. Weird race. It was a really yeah, that weird was a race. Weird. I, I was you know the more I watched the race, that I, I was impressed with Channel Cat because. He was. He's not necessarily a horse who needs the lead He's more of kind of a tactical speed horse Or kind of a pretty versatile horse Who can adapt But they asked him for speed, he clears off He slows things down And then at the top of the lane, he looks like he's done The whole field comes back to him mm-hmm. And then he just keeps punching him off Like he's fighting him off one at a time A couple horses to his outside Ya Primo ducks down to the inside And he just keeps shrugging them all off And you know, he's not a need the lead horse. Pletcher even said, "I think they just took advantage of the pace that day." So, if, if somebody else or one of the inside horses decide to go, he'll be completely fine with sitting. I think he's an exotics horse to include. There are are many others in here. Who do you kind of look at, or maybe a couple of the horses that you're circling in on?
1: Well, I do think the Channel Maker, Channel Cat, the horses that come out of that Bowling Green, other than maybe uh, Primo, um, I've always considered those horses. They move up into the grade ones from time to time. But they're kind of a cut below the Chad, mm-hmm. the best of the Chad. Yeah. So it was like last time was the time when there wasn't any of the Chad upper tier horses as opposed to facing bricks and mortar or horses like Robert Bruce and mm-hmm. horses like that. Um, Annals of Time is a real tough read for me. This horse it was, was really, really good. Um, in 2016, he came out to uh, to Del Mar for the Hollywood Derby. I remember that race vividly. What a tremendous closing kick that day! And was really expecting this horse to move on to bigger and better things. And then was on the bench for almost two years. Comes back, gets wired out by Guido, and then buried a field, but a field that was is far and away lesser than this one. The horses that Devamani and came back last. Uh, It was either the beginning of this week or the end of last week as a favorite again at Saratoga and and failed again. So at that price, as good as I think Annals of Time is, it's a hard horse to really endorse. And, yeah, Primo, I guess. I mean, maybe that was a prep, the first start uh, in the States. And um, that was just like I I said it once, but it was a weird race where like— you know, the closers didn't have a, much of a chance and it was a blanket finish and maybe a horse that I'm never really behind because he just doesn't win a lot. But maybe Sadler's Joy second off the layoff can can at nine to two can offer a little bit of value because, like I just said, there's there really wasn't a setup for him in that last race. and no. He did run on on late. And uh, obviously, the the Breeders Cup turf behind Enable and Magical, very acceptable. Um Maybe maybe you could make a case for Sadler's Joy being... Or maybe as a, a kind of an exact key, first or second. But I don't have a real strong opinion in here. I don't want to spread too deep because I think it's very feasible that one of the Chads win. But I'd be lying if I said I had a real strong opinion.
0: Yeah, I think... I don't really... I wouldn't tell anyone not to include Ya yeah, Primo or Annals of Time But I won't have them as my top selections in here I think you hit the horse that I like most And I'm, I'm kind of pretty evenly split Between Channel Cat and Sadler's Joy I think the two of them are both going to run really well in here Channel Cat, who was good last time out But you mentioned Sadler's Joy You know, at first glance, you look He's over for his last 8 But he did run really well in the Breeders' Cup He, last time out He was pushed back at the start, no big deal He's a deep closer, he's always way out of it He's 10th, he's 10 off He stays inside And as he's saving ground, he moves right up He's right in contention Like at the top of the lane He has a big shot, he's right there within a couple lengths But he has absolutely nowhere to go He gets a small seam late And then he starts to move But then that seam closed up and you could tell he was moving up the rail And he passed a lot of horses And then those same horses came back and ended up out finishing him And passing him up along the outside It's like trip, it's like most turf racing Right Scott, like if he gets a, a trip He's going to be tough to hold off But that's the problem when you play a stone cold closer Like this, you're going to be at the benefit Of the race shape, and a lot of times you're going to get You know, stuck in a bad spot You're going to get a little bit wide You're going to have to move, maneuver and weave in and out But I think, I think kind of I think we both kind of feel the same way On this race Wouldn't be shocked if it's the Chads, but like if you're playing the Rolling Exotics, you're going to have to take a stand in one of these races where you just say, you know what, this is the race where maybe I'm going to try to beat the short-priced horses. This might be that race for me, depending on the way the rest of it shapes up. I guess I'd prefer, uh, let's say this, of the two Chads, you have Primo and Annals of Time, which do you prefer?
1: I think I prefer the town of Annals of time, even though I, expect I think so too. Him to be the favorite. I, I think that, uh, that's been the plan, um, since the beginning of the, or the middle of the year when he brought him back at Belmont, I think he's had the, his eye on this race, knowing bricks and mortar and Robert Bruce would be in the, uh, Arlington million, uh, and maybe the, you know, or the four star Dave, but, um, yeah, Annals of Time, I'd have to say. I was actually looking forward to betting Annals of Time again when he moved up in the stakes company, but I was kind of hopeful that it would be with some of the other top tier. So he'd be he price. a price you, yeah. you can play him. You could play
0: him at three to one or four to one. Is he's probably he'll give me eight to five, you know, most likely in this spot. Right. So, um, and one yeah, thing
1: just to mention about Sadler's Joy before we move to, move on, I think it might be important. We talked. You talked about navigating through the, a big field. This is a nine horse field, but I I suspect. Maybe Tiz Morning's going to try to wing it on the lead and maybe mm-hmm. gain a little separation with Channel Cats sitting second. He's faced a lot of 12, 13 horse field Sadler's Joy. Maybe a little bit of a smaller field with a little bit of separation yeah. will allow Jose Lescano to avoid it. And, and, and maybe Lescano will put a little more speed into him. I don't know if that's possible with this horse, but with Castellano but just- and Le Peru as riders you know he's a little more aggressive maybe he'll get him into a little yeah. bit of a closer spot
0: and then when you say a little more speed you know we're not talking like he's on the front end but maybe he's just not dead last maybe right. he's just he's got three horses beat down the back stretch and he doesn't have to worry about a couple extra horses to get in and out of That's that's all it takes sometimes it's just getting into a little bit better position when you unleash that rally so yeah let's give uh, a look to uh to Sadler's Joy there in the 10th as we get to the feature, the Grade One, the Run Happy Travers mile and a quarter, and I guess we'll start with. Um, there are, I guess, a big two. I, I'm looking at this race at least like the two horses that I think most people are going to start with and start their analysis with 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 Code of Honor and with Tacitus. So now Tacitus, who is five to two, he was your Wood Memorial winner. He was third put up to third in the in the derby but since that wood memorial he's had three races where he's had some issues maybe some things that he caused maybe some other stuff now he adds the blinkers are the blinkers going to be enough to get an obviously very talented horse focused enough to win this race scott that's
1: a good question and uh Five to two, a little short for me, I think, in this field to have to navigate it. But um, as Travis Stone said to me on my podcast earlier today, Jose Ortiz has had a great, great run riding. And if he could have two two races back maybe all year, it might be the last two rides on Tacitus. The Belmont being extremely wide with the Golden Rail. And then last time in the Jim Dandy being on the moving into the inside after the poor start. Uh, Instead of you know being on the outside where which was more advantageous at that point It's just hard for me with a horse that struggled to win races for the most part and has yet to win a grade one To really go all in on this horse, Mm -hmm. but that being said he's the deserving favorite And uh, it'll take a lot to get him out of this tribe. Probably another poor voyage
0: Let's kind of start from I guess the inside and we'll hit some of the contenders uh, best that we can Owendale, who's been a pretty nice Late developing 3 year old He That Lexington win was awesome He came back and he was I, m- More than anything, if you just put a line Through the Risen Star His form looks really good Overall, he hasn't been you know that bad And he won the Ohio Derby That's obviously not this quite Caliber Horse that he beat Math Wizard came back and was crushed by Mr. Money In his next 2 starts Owendale from the rail tried to save ground and make one late rally. What do you think about this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, anytime Brad Cox puts a horse into a Grade One like this, uh, a big race, I respect it. I have a, you know, being I always respected Brad, but uh, being here in 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 Kentucky and in Louisville where Brad is now, uh, I really gained a lot of respect. This guy's one of the top trainers in the country. Um, and he knows where to place his horses. The rail to me doesn't bother me, uh, unless it's dead in in terms of that. But in Mm -hmm. terms of the post, a horse that has very little speed, Florent Giroux should be able to take back and make one run. I'm not worried about the mile and a quarter. If he gets enough pace, he's definitely a factor here. Six to one, pretty fair. Might even get a little drift there, Gino.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't really have any... Thing to talk you off, Owendale I think you're, you're right, he, he could save all the ground I think the rail's a good spot for him in a race like this To just save ground and then make that late run Code of Honor Interesting horse who's been Highly regarded throughout his whole career He won his career debut His, I guess he's kind of been His own worst enemy because he's had A couple of physical issues Sometimes leading up to some big races That have caused him to, to miss races Or miss a prep here and there But when he's good He's very good I mean he was he was really nice in the derby Up the inside and he might have been impeded a little bit When maximum security kind of went back and forth And then last time out in the Dwyer That was a field that I think he's a lot better than At a mile But he did what he was supposed to do He sat behind, he waited And then as soon as he got a little seam He angled out in between and he exploded
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of this horse From a talent perspective uh, I have been from day one but uh, I think I'm going to be against him in this spot f- for ma- one main reason. I just don't think he's a true mile-and-a-quarter horse, maybe not even a mile-and-eighth. an eighth. You could look to races on the form, the Derby. Mm-hmm. He ran third, even got moved up to second. But, man, shouldn't he have won the Derby? I know you got a little no, bit no, he, of trouble, but he shouldn't ran he have well, won? But yeah. he
0: got a great trip. And I exactly. Think he, he got the move on the inside, and now if maximum security was zigging and zagging. But the thing is, in the Derby, that's the kind of trip that you want like there's yeah. a lot of horses who are going wide getting shuffled back getting bumped around moving around like you want to be able to save and move through i thought he was going to win the derby exactly that's what i mean you know he mean. did he, he, yeah he,
1: Definitely. So, I, I've always wondered if he was a mile and a quarter. And then the other race that he won, uh, the only race that he won at two turns, is the is the Fountain of Youth. And he ran awesome. And I even liked him that day. But he got the setup. They went twenty two and four, forty five and three, and the whole field stopped basically. Pacoma got third and was like barely walking to the wire that that race. They went so fast up front. But so I'm going to take as, as like you mentioned, probably the second of the uh, of the most prominent horses in here, four to one on the line. Don't expect him to get bet down from four to one. And I have a lot of respect for Shug uh for placing his horses in the proper spots. But this is a chance they have to take with this horse. So I'm not convinced that they think for sure that he's a mile and a quarter horse. Like the Derby, you gotta run in this spot if you're Shug. Um so I think they're taking the chance that the mile and a quarter works out and the talent over overcomes the that. But I, I think he's a horse worth taking a chance against in this spot.
0: The curlin had a, a couple horses that are going to be in here Highest honors won that race Endorsed was second Looking at Bikinis was third Looking at Bikinis was actually the favorite that day And he got a pretty easy lead But when highest honors and endorsed They came rolling together They kind of went right by looking at Bikinis He didn't really have much of a, a challenge He started to kind of grind away late And he came back into third But do you like anyone of the three That come out of the curling?
1: Well, I do think the Curlin was a really good race, and I have respect for all three horses. Keep in mind that day um, on July 26th at Saratoga that the inside was completely dead, and you really wanted to be a horse coming from off the pace, mm-hmm. rallying in the middle of the uh, racetrack. So, where
0: both the so yeah, so you'll you'll give a little bit of an upgrade to looking at bikinis. With that I, I do
1: it. Yeah, and he was all the hype going into that race. I mean, this was Chad's best. You know, this horse was the greatest thing since sliced bread, everyone thought. And he was bet down to even money against a pretty solid group. And he raced against it. And it was in the, in, in the off going. Now, whether that was part of it, it's hard to say because he mm-hmm. broke his maiden by five and three quarter lengths in the slop at Belmont last year. But I'm looking, I'm willing to over uh, overlook uh, that, that race. And just on paper, there's not a ton of speed no, in here not. either. You know, so I think he's gonna be on the lead. And as much as Chad wanted to win the Curlin, I know there's only one race he wants to win, uh, maybe more than the Kentucky Derby, and that's the Travers Stakes, and that's what this is in his own backyard. So I'd have to think that ultimately the goal was to get this horse ready for the Travers and not necessarily win the Curlin. You have the other excuses. I give him a big look in here, especially in, uh, from a verticals perspective. And then endorsed is a horse that I had at the top of my Kentucky Derby list when I had uh, first had to submit one early in the year on KentuckyDerby.com. And uh, really was impressed with the way this horse beat ahead of plan. It was a well-meant Chad horse last year at Saratoga. Ran well in the curl and broke my heart as, one of my, as my play of the day that day at 8-1, running second to highest honors. The mile and a quarter, though, is a question mark. I'm not sure. And he was over the right part of the racetrack that day, as was highest honors. So all three of them, I think, are legitimately talented horses. The Curlin was not that much of a downgrade from the gym then. I no. thought it was a good race. So uh, all of them offer significant value. I give the look to look, looking at bikinis of the three, though.
0: Scott will be looking at bikinis this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, in we look at like, Laughing Fox and Everfast. They're uh, a couple bombs who will, will be late runners. I guess they they kind of are like Owendale 2 um, who are going to try to just take back and make one late rally. You know, if you're looking for bottom of Exotics horses, I do think Laughing Fox could sneak into the maybe the two, three, four spots the way this race unfolds. Because I think he is a, a distance horse. And I do think last time in the Jim Dandy It was a small field, they were going slow He tried to get up a little bit closer than normal He just wants to take all the way back And then make one late run So I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not really high on Everfast But I would, I'm not, I guess High on Laughing Fox, but if you're looking For a bust out long shot to use on some of the Bottom of your exotics, if you love t- Tacitus And, and you're going to play some Price Horses Under, don't leave Laughing Fox out Um Everfast, we, uh, I mean, do you, do you have any thoughts on either of those two bombs, Everfast, yeah, Laughing Fox?
1: Yeah, I thought Everfast had got one of the best rides in the Triple Crown in a long time from Joel Rosario in the Preakness to get second that day, yeah. just getting the best of Owendale, who went very, very wide, was definitely third best that day, but got second. I'm not really a big fan of Everfast, but uh, Laughing Fox, the one thing I'll say, I, what I see on the racetrack has never really impressed me, but the fact that Steve keeps bringing this horse mm-hmm. back in these big races makes me think he still thinks there's a little more to this son of union rags than what we've seen the over two record at Saratoga, a little discouraging, but one of those was the fourth place finish last time. And when he was, you know, it wasn't really a setup for him. He would, like you said, he would need the right setup. He would need an absolute collapse to be a threat to win this race. If that, but uh yeah, I mean, I could see using him in the third and fourth slots.
0: We talked Tacitus who's going to add the blinkers and hope that can give him a little bit more focus today And and then you get to Mucho Gusto Who's been one of Baffert's, you know, I guess B-tier horses But people forget about this guy I mean, he is he's a really nice animal He is a, what, four-time graded stakes winner now He has shown the ability in the last couple starts He's matured a little bit He can sit off the pace if need be He has that tactical speed the main concern I have with him, even though he's a three-year-old son of Mucho Macho Man, I just don't know if he's going to really want the mile and a quarter. But if, I feel like he's going to fight and give you a, a good run for your money, and he'll be involved in the pace in some way.
1: Yeah. So let's let's positives and negatives on this horse. The the positive, the number one positive to me is that Bob Baffert decided pretty recently to you know he lost Game Winner and he decided this horse works so well at Del Mar. That he had to ship him cross country for the biggest three-year-old race of the summer. This guy Baffert is pretty pretty good yeah. at the three-year-old game yeah. with these with these one one or two. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then another. I mean, the, the Haskell was extremely encouraging. Uh, was a little wide throughout. Got out of the gate a little slower than uh, Joe Talamo probably wanted, and really fought maximum security to the wire and didn't stop running. And mm-hmm. like you, my biggest one of my biggest concerns about this horse is the ability to get the the mile and a quarter. But maybe he's just a new horse, and that yeah. you know, and has continued to get better. And that maybe the mile and a quarter is within scope, and you know, you if he gets out of the gate, he could sit the the dream trip here. Right. Look at Matt Bikinis probably on the lead. And I assume from the outside, I right, Ortiz Jr. is gonna have to send tax we haven't mm-hmm. talked about yet. I think Mucho Gusto should be sitting right in the pocket there in some way and should get first run on the on the late runners, including Tacitus and Code of Honor. I doubt we get six to one on a Bob Bafford horse that's you know, that's got that many ones on his on his resume. But uh, this is a major player in here, and uh, yep. you have to respect ba- the fact that Baffert's shipping him across country.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I'm gonna have a, I'll have a tough time leaving him off my ticket just because he battles, as you mentioned, in a small field too. In the Haskell, you're hooked four wide, you know, throughout, which is good. You try to keep him in the clear. You didn't want him to have to start and stop, but you did give up a lot of ground to maximum security that day. And then when you, you try to battle him, he had a little more left in the tank, so. Uh, mucho gusto major player and he should be in in the mix in this race all the way throughout a uh, chess chief who i think another you know, steward <laughs> with, with that running style right with the late like well, late we running had him style. on
1: and we had him on our show uh inside churchill downs darren rogers kevin Kirsten and i last week and on friday because he had um uh, uh seeking the soul in the pacific classic but we did throw in a question about chess chief and you know he he didn't really give the horse a huge push, but I just love Dallas because he he he, he sure. puts his horses out there in the big races and these races would come up so much more stronger and less compact if if everybody was Dallas Stewart, you know
0: hundred percent. And a lot of his horses too is they what I like, and it's always funny to see how trainers have like anything, I guess their strengths and their weaknesses. and it it seems like his you know his horses are always gonna finish. And that's what's great in races is like, you know some. Sometimes they'll get outrun and in like sprint races or in races where there's not a lot of speed early on, they'll get beat you know 15 to 20 lengths sometimes. and so their form will look a little muddled up. And then when they get the opportunity to run and when they get a trip, those horses always come closing. he's 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 got his horses fit. They always come running. and I was actually really surprised that seeking the soul didn't run. Uh, well in the Pacific Classic Because he's a he's a really nice horse I thought he was just kind of a standout against that group Maybe he didn't like the track or the ship or whatever It was kind of a race that was too bad um, To believe but I will always like giving, a, giving a, The Dallas Stewart horses a second look man You're always going to get a good run for your money there With Dallas um, Three outside horses let's finish out this field We'll go to Scars are cool Hey you know what this is another one Scott Who I don't think he's Good enough, maybe But he's peaking at the right time He just won a maiden race And he's a horse who I think can run all day I'm not worried about the mile and a quarter with him He sat off, he was in between, he angled up It was a pretty nice sustained rally He had to go like 6-7 wide And he kept going He's one that I kind of have in that laughing fox Like I probably wouldn't put him to win But I probably won't be playing trifectas Without a horse like this In, in the bottom at least
1: Well, I have a cool story about this horse. That May 12th day at Churchill, I happened to be doing the simulcast show from the paddock. And this horse, uh, they had to change his shoe. He was freaking out. And this horse opened up at like 6 to 5 in his maiden uh, debut on May 12th over a wet fast course. He ended up drifting up to 5 to 1 if you look at the price because uh, he just acted like such a clown in the paddock. And then he ran a huge race. From the rail. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting here. Okay. Stable alert city here uh, Waiting for this horse to come back Comes back on June 16th And had kind of a troubled trip At even money eh. And then he came back at Saratoga last time To beat a very suspect group I'll admit um, I'm shocked to see him in the In the Travers to be honest it's It's way over his head in my opinion I think the horse has talent He was a great looker uh, not that that's my expertise looking at horses, but he was just one of those horses that looked that really stood out. The son of Malibu Moon. That being said, I mean he—it's tough. He's it's going to be tough. Match, yeah. He, and he's it's
0: pretty funny, pretty he was in that debut race. He talked about against Twelfth Labor. Um, the other is Dallas yep. and, and, and then Rise, the guy who's actually not a bad horse. His turf right? horse. yeah. Yeah, he's he, in he went in the secretariat last week. Yeah, he, he's two for he was two for two on the grass, and and then he he faced a tough group. He was against Grade One, so he comes out of OK races. I. I agree with you, I think he's a little overmatched But um, hey, you know what? If you're looking for bombs on the bottom of your exotics I'm not going to talk you off to of 31 Who should be able to get the distance When some of these I mean, we went through maybe at least half the field And we're wondering if they can get the distance At least that won't be I don't think that'll be the problem for Scars are cool Who should be running in the end um, And then we talked about Endors Who uh, was, was a, a good second As you mentioned, I thought it was a pretty strong Running of the curl in this year also what do we do with Tax on the outside? To me, he this year has been one of the most, I guess, uh, intriguing horses to handicap. I just never know what to do with him. I never I never know what to do with Tax. What do we do with him in this spot?
1: I got to tell you, I still haven't gotten over the fact that Claiborne – and Ben Colebrook were willing to put this horse in for 30 K oh, on right. debut. Yeah. Son of Arch. And what are they like? What what were they so quick? And that's stubbornness by me, but that's still something I remember. And and it's funny. I'm over like, it with Maximums. This maiden maximum
0: claimer not going to win the Belmont. This <laughs> maiden claimer not going to win <laughs> I, the damn dandy, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from the 12 hole going a mile and a quarter, I think he's going to have to beat me. I think he could work out a good trip if, if he can get out of the gate and, and uh, Rod can get him a good spot but I'm just have never been convinced that this horse is, is at this level. And I, you know, you heard all the, all the stories going into the Jim Dandy that uh, Danny Gargan had him better than ever. And it, and it sure seems so he ran, uh, you know, won the biggest race of his, his career. Um, I'm going to let him beat me, but I don't know if I have tremendously great reasons other than a little bit of stubbornness in the outside post and just a little bit of a preference for horses that might either be a better price or have a stronger resume.
0: Yeah. The concern is, he ran really well last time out And, and I like that he He broke well, he takes the lead But then he just sat chilly When War of Will moved early on He didn't try to battle with him, or he didn't try to get aggressive He just let him take the lead, he just let him go Sat second, and then he moved again And he did hold off Global Campaign But that's the only thing He's holding off Global Campaign Who is really not a distance horse, right? Who's not a horse that we would think would be a mile and a quarter horse Especially coming from off the pace So... To me, I think I'm with you I'm worried that from the outside If he's not able to cross over I feel like he's going to get floated wide And it might not be a good trip for him Where he's just kind of wide all the way around And losing ground So I'll be a little against tax In in here And so when we look back at the field Throughout Who are a couple of Or, or how is the approach going to be for you in this race From a wagering standpoint
1: I think at this point, Mucho Gusto and looking at bikinis are based, if you combine, you know, talent and value, which is what you should always do when analyzing and betting on a race, those are the two that intrigue me most. I think, I don't think there's a ton of speed in here. Ideally, I'm hoping the tax doesn't press looking at bikinis. That might be inevitable if E. Roberties Jr. shoves out of the gate, which he probably has to, but I'm hoping they can kind of sit one, two, and Mucho Gusto can sit three. I'm going to still include endorsed, even though I'm concerned about the distance because of the price and because of, you know, the past love and and the fact that Joel Rosario, uh, I think he fits the horse well. Um, But I think Mucho Gusto and looking at bikinis will be my two key horses. I'm not against Tacitus and I'm not against Owendale, but I will fade Code of Honor uh, out of the top three.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to give uh, Mucho Gusto. I guess the slight bid. I I won't be betting. I think anyone to win in here, but I'll more likely be, be using a few in the exotics. And mucho gusto is one of them. I'll probably try to sneak. Um, looking at bikinis and maybe even highest honors because I do like that Curlin race and I think both of them have a little bit of a shot back here. And then maybe if I want to go uh, a little bit deeper, the the one horse for me that I just don't know what to do with is uh, is Code of Honor. I'm uh, I'm debating back and forth and I, I kind of feel the, the way that you did like he's a miler. I think that's where his best is, so he might be more of an under type. But I do like mucho gusto and I maybe I'm, I think the the real approach for me in this race might be to try to get. A couple of those long shots that I like in the bottom Of the exotics, maybe you can play some uh, Always some tries, Yeah, some tries and try to get a laughing fox Scars are cool in the bottom And maybe uh, if we can get, you know, one of those Horses with a looking at bikinis And a mucho gusto, like two of those three In the try, even with a, a code of honor Or tacitus, we're still probably looking at a good a good Payout Oh, yeah.
1: oh yeah, and it's interesting, I'm just looking at it You know, Joe Talamo winning the Travers That would have to be the biggest win of his life, right? I mean, yeah I, Early and on, I, and he I had like, some
0: good ones at Hollywood. He had like yeah. right when he came out, to He was the to, best as an apprentice. He was on
1: fire, and <laughs> yeah. he was
0: winning races. I think he had a couple grade one wins on a big card at Did Hollywood it, that I can remember.
1: Carla Gaines horse, maybe? Yeah, one of them? yeah. yeah he War, a, Warren Williamson Carla Gaines yeah, horse. What right. was that horse Nishobis called? Yes, yes, yep. yeah, yeah.
0: I think so. And um, he, to be honest, he's had a little bit of a lull the last few years, but it started to pick back up now. And if you, you just Baffer look at it, business,
1: right? exactly, yeah.
0: you get the for business. You're working those horses out in the morning. You're just getting you're just getting on some better horses. That's that's an issue that a lot of um, young riders have when they lose their bug. You know, it takes them a little while to to figure things out to get the business. And Joe is is become a real staple out here. So this would be a huge win. Always rooting for uh, for Joe to do well If he can get mucho gusto home in the Travers Scott, I asked you for about 30 to 40 minutes You gave me over an hour I appreciate it, my man Thank you so much Let the folks out there know um, So what's the schedule like for you coming up? I know you, uh, you do a lot of um, writing When it comes to these football games You give out a lot of plays weekly um, And you're still going to have the Who Do You Like podcast Let us know what are you going to be working on Where can we find you?
1: Yeah, this is kind of a uh, once these summer meets end, things segue a little bit. NFL will be uh, a very, very big part of my uh, plate. It'll be we'll do the the Hootu Yike podcast. Will be NFL centric every week that comes out on Thursday morning. Uh, I'll also be writing two to three articles for the Bet America blog, and then uh, I'll be uh, up on the Churchill Down simulcast feed five of the eleven days uh over the september meet and then hopefully more of the same in november so it'll be nfl it'll be churchill downs of course i'll be watching other racing and and watching a lot of college football and gearing up for college basketball but an exciting time of year gino a lot going on and the baseball playoffs to enjoy as well
0: great yeah we're gonna things are gonna change a little bit on the that's what g said i think we're gonna be up most weeks to uh to three shows a week when football season starts, so I'm definitely g- definitely going to be needing your help on some of those weeks, especially like we'll we'll break down the NFL games and and we'll go through some of the lines and some fantasy stuff. But when it comes to college, I'm really going to need your help because uh, I, I watch my Trojans, but they've been. Bad the last few years, so you know what it's like when the team you root for isn't as good. You're it just takes not away quite the sport. It right. does. You're just not quite <laughs> in it as deep as you would be. So right. we'll definitely uh, have to get you back again very soon. And appreciate you giving me uh, all the time, buddy. I know you're a busy man, and uh, I look forward to our conversations as much as I do with anyone. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, buddy. Always fun.
0: Have a great one, Scott Shapiro. We'll be back in just a minute here, and that's what G said. A big thanks to Scott Shapiro. For the excellent analysis there As you can tell, Scott really knows his stuff Great handicapper Make sure to give him a look and a follow And his podcast, the Who Do You Like podcast Give that one a follow And, uh, and subscribe over there for Scott I'm going to get into Just a little bit of a recap But before I do, I wanted to mention Sponsor of the show Cindy Carava. Make sure you get to her website cindycarava.com, Or you can send her an email CindyC.Realtor at gmail.com I've known Cindy for a decade now She is one of the nicest people you will ever meet Very genuine She will help you out Anything you need in the field of real estate Buying, selling, leasing If you're looking to improve your home She can contact you with all sorts of people She can help you out if you need uh, pre-approval for a loan just anything you need at all In real estate She's all over the San Gabriel Valley North San Diego County If you know the name, sounds familiar She's the wife of horse racing trainer Jack Carava, who's been in Southern California Now for 30 years CindyCarava.com. Send her an email Realtor At gmail.com So a little recap Of some of the horses that I like In the Travers card. So race number five. It's the forego. This is just a tough race for me from a betting standpoint. If you're looking and you're trying to to get a little value out of the race, I mean Matoli. I, I feel like he's going to bounce back and he's going to run well in here. But if if Forensic Fire is seven to two or four to one, he's really the only horse I look at, and I think you can play because he again looks like he should get the trip. I'm willing to excuse that last start, and if you can forgive the Vanderbilt start then you know the met really wasn't that bad. Let's give Forensy Fire the nod just at a price, but he has to be at 4 to 1. If he gets bet bet any lower than that, we can't we can't play him and I probably won't really be playing him much to win. The big price in the race that is he good enough to win? No, but Airstrike can can maybe complete some of your exotics. Airstrike is coming out of some pretty decent races and if they go quick up front, he will make a late run. So Airstrike maybe in the bottom of some exotics if you're trying to spice things up, but Matoli should with the the outside draw of promises to promises fulfilled. He should be able to kind of press like we've seen him do uh, a few times. So the sixth race is the ballerina, and in this spot, I like the outside horse. Dawn the Destroyer. And if Dawn the Destroyer is over 10 to 1, I think we put a few bucks on her to win. We'll try to see how the racetrack's playing early throughout the card because Dawn the Destroyer is, she's absolutely going to need to race to fall apart. So if horses aren't not coming from off the pace early in the day and it looks like it's just a, a track that you have to be close to or on the lead, then maybe we downgrade her a little bit and, and more use her underneath. But with Minute to Stardom, with Mia Mischief, with Separation of Powers, with Come Dancing, I, I think there's going to be a lot of speed. Pacific Gale's not slow. So, the two horses I'll use in all of the exotics are the four and the seven. Dawn the Destroyer will hook up separation of powers with her in most of the exotics. And, you know, after that, maybe Mia Mischief can just press and sit a little bit off. But I, I'll be, I'm against come dancing in here. I think she's drawn to the inside of all the other speed. If she's big enough, uh, and she has a big enough effort to beat this field, then if she does it at a short price, I'm okay with the with her beating me. The seventh, I'm I'm gonna have a ticket where I have Chancelot tossed in a, a pick four or some rolling exotics, because or late pick five and some rolling exotics. Cause I do think there are some chances where something goes wrong from for this horse from the rail and in a big field. Where where there are some legitimate other horses that can be closing ground, if he doesn't get the separation and things don't go all great for him, then maybe the rest of the field who who should be huge prices based on the figures that Chancelot has recently run. So I'm I'm not just I'm not saying he's not going to win the race, but I'm saying there's going to or he 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 won't be in the mix. But I'm going to play at least one ticket where I I toss him and and maybe use horses like the 3 12th labor in the bottom of some exotics I think Baracho is a legitimate win contender uh, like Nitrous has a shot Mind Control can bounce back Roaton I I like quite a bit in here and uh, and Hog Creek Hustle maybe more for the bottom but I'll try to play one exotic where we we toss Chance Lock completely out and and then maybe I I'll if he's in the pick 5 here it's tough because it it could very easily chalk out as you see when you continue to go through the races and, and it does happen a lot as Scott mentioned um does happen a lot on the, the you know these big days. so I guess we'll we'll take more a little bit more of a wait and see approach in here, but we'll we'll take a, a little shot against the one to two shot chance a lot in in some of your exotics. The eighth race is where i th- I do like secret message. Just coming out of a much tougher race And she seems like a a nice Grade 2 type horse I think this is a really good spot for her She recently defeated another one Of the top contenders in here And the only real concern Is that There's not a ton of speed Couple pace Players but she should be fine. I think she should be fine and, and very well spotted in here. So Secret Message is a horse that I'll probably just single in, in any late exotics and probably not play a whole ton in that race. And then, you know, so see what I mean? When you go, if it's Chance a lot, and then if it's Secret Message, and then you get to the ninth race, and you have Midnight Bisou and Elate, who are going to both take a ton of money. And Elate's better at the distance. It, it, a lot of it will depend on price. If I was playing this race individually, I'm not willing to dismiss Midnight Bisu. And as Scott and I discussed, we you know we talked about how it's not smart to double up with Midnight Bisou any late. So just from an exotic standpoint, I think the horse that does have a shot and to include some places is Golden Award. I really like the way that she's improving. And. If Elate's taking a lot of money Then maybe Midnight Bisu is the right way to go It just really depends on if either one of these Take more money than the other But you know you're talking about Two very very nice And you know probably the top two Of the older Philly in Mare Division In Midnight Bisou and Elate I'm a Bisou fan though I think she's matured and grown up a little bit Even though this isn't her preferred distance it's just, yeah, it's going to come down to the price. It's just, it's, that's, that, when it's, when it's a two that are evenly matched like this, you, you always have to let price determine. In the 10th, I like Channel Cat. I, I thought that was a really good effort on the lead, and he was able to just hold them all off there. Uh, Sh- Sadler's Joy will, would probably be, I guess, the slight top selection it would be between those two. And I'm a little cold on Channel Maker. Annals of Time. I'm okay with Ya yeah, Primo. Uh, you know, I'm okay. I could go either way with. But the two that I, I, I like most in here, Channel Cat and Saddler's Joy, and those will be the two that I use in most of the exotics in this race and, and in the top spots. And we'll try to maybe beat the uh, the Chad Browns in in this one. And in the Travers, th- I, this was a tough race. I like Mucho Gusto The mile and a quarter just worries me a little bit But I think he's going to be right there And I think he's going to give you a really good run Looking at Bikini Should be up in the mix early on The two price horses That I like I think you should use in your exotics And I'll try to hook them up Because I think this this could be a good race To try to get uh, a nice try Or a super home Don't just completely dismiss Laughing Fox And Scars are cool So the number 4 And The 10 You can use them both in your tries and your supers They have a legitimate shot To hit the bottom of the exotics And they could really spice things up So as you can see Really quality racing In a couple spots where We can take some shots against The chalk But at the highest levels a lot of time The form does hold up So there's uh, some thoughts on Saratoga in the Travers. I hope you, you all have a great one. Best of luck, you know, I didn't even mention really Code of Honor and Tacitus, but they're obviously You know, logical contenders, we talked about Them uh, in the interview with Scott More, I'm, I'm not like in love with either One of them, if they won it wouldn't surprise me But I, I'm, I'm more interested in trying to get One of these price horses into the mix And in, in those exotics Tacitus and Code of Honor will Be in there because I have some, some Bombs, so it'll, it'll likely be You know, a couple of logicals with Mucho Gusto Code of Honor, Tacitus, and then I can include A couple of the, uh, the prices that I mentioned With Laughing Fox Scars, and I'll, I'll Probably get Looking at Bikinis in the mix in there too Ice Honors wasn't bad Really no knocks on uh, on him So the key to this race for me Will be tries Supers Instead of playing this, because normally I'm, a, I'm more of a, an individual win Type, but I, I really don't Have as many strong Win Plays follow along on uh, on social media though as um, sometimes when you know as the races are going and prices um, change and there's some times a track bias or a weather issue or there's you know so many variables that happen throughout a card sometimes your opinion has to change and always have to be ready to uh, to call an audible if if need be let's close things out a little Beverly Hills 902 recap so this was the third episode and and it opened up with another one of the flashbacks that we see where brandon and uh, kelly are in the peach pit and kelly's coming on to him and then brandon is the owner of the peach pit and he's closing up and she walks in and they start going at it and It's a black and white scene And then all of a sudden we wake up And it was just Jason's dream And Jason Priestley tells his wife When she she comes home That he knows the baby is not his Because the doctors have recently told him That he cannot have kids She admits to him that she cheated on him It was an accident It's an accidental unprotected sex She said it was one too many kamikazes Which He kind of makes a mental note later That word kamikaze Next up Gabby and her husband They're talking about Gabby's new feelings For women She recently told him that She has had some feelings This is a side of herself that she's wanted to deal with And and explore because these have been kind of Feelings that have been bottled up Then Tori Is with her husband and the husband's worried about Having to take care of the kids And and be the the stay at home dad While she's gone now because she's going to be working She's going to be starting the reboot she goes to meet with fox and she talks to emily emily valentine christine who she tells about everyone's demands christine's holding tory responsible for uh, the issues and and shannon better be on board so now, <laughs> the group they're next they're doing a read a script together and they're reading over the I guess the pilot script And they don't really seem to love the writing It seems pretty bad And hung hungover He starts flirting with one of the Assistant writers She gets really offended instantly And that's uh, something To keep on the back burner And then Jason notices some things in the writing It's the The guy's story of Jason And He he sees the word kamikaze in there, and it triggers him. He knows the writer. It comes over. Jason gets into it with him. He starts to, you know, come at him. This is a pretty funny part. He says you. They say use your words, Jay. And he says, "This guy slept with my wife and got her pregnant." And Brian says, "Good words, Jay." The the writer Carlisle comes over and tells uh Jason. That uh, Since he wasn't satisfying his wife Carla had to step in Ian holds Jason back and then punches the writer That's great That's like an entourage Johnny drama moment Love that Ian always there for uh, for Brando Uh, Someone had to do something about that guy's writing As he uh, knocked him out uh, Tori wants to get them to group therapy So they go and guess who is the therapist Carol Potter, Mrs. Walsh, hey She tells them to call her mom Kidding but the years of nine oh two and oh have prepped her to become a therapist. They've given her lots of observing psychopathology. So the group all starts to tell her about how they've kind of had this weird stalker that sent them the dolls. Really, it's just kind <clears> of <throat> Jenny, who is worried about this. Ian, Jason, and Gabby—they don't really seem concerned. Brian doesn't really seem concerned. But it's Jenny. Kelly who wants a a bodyguard And so they have a group conversation With Carol And then it gets out that Jenny and Jason slept together So now everybody knows that Tori gets mad because she Didn't know She's upset that Jenny didn't tell her And then Jenny gets upset now That everybody walks out That everybody knows and she's uncomfortable She walks out And no one is really happy They all leave Carol Wants a cameo, though. <laughs> uh, Brian is looking for his assistant, and he interviews that weird kid Zach, who we've seen kind of stalking him for the assistant job. Shay, Brian's wife, does not like him. The kid is playing them, though. You can, you, we've known this. We've been watching. Jenny, she thinks she's getting stalked, but it's actually the new bodyguard at her house. And uh, she was assigned the, this bodyguard by the network because of the dolls and the she's she's scared. He's named Wyatt. She doesn't realize she kind of almost attacks him uh, before he lets her know. Brian then tells his wife Shay that he wants to hire the kid Zach. Shay thinks there's something up with Zach. You can tell she she thinks there's something off. She even says as much. They joke and Brian ends up uh ends up hiring him. Gabby's talking with uh, Emily Valentine about the storylines and she what the ones that she wants with Andrea and right away Emily notices that this is about Gabby and this is more about the what Gabby is feeling. So she says, "Why don't you go do some method acting and try to uh try out these feelings to get yourself ready to to play Andrea going through these emotions." Ian then apologizes to the writer, the assistant writer Anna, for making uh, her uncomfortable with the comments. He really didn't say much. He just complimented her on her eyes, and that's kind of what he's dealing with. Is he's now not with his wife anymore, and he's realizing that it's a a very sensitive culture. In a, in a time in the society that we live in, and he's he's been always a little bit of a horn dog, right? But this time he just said he thought she had nice eyes, and and he was a little hungover, so maybe he come off came off a little wrong, but he apologizes to her, and he says the world's changed since he's been married, and he doesn't really know how to to act with women anymore. And Tori's husband now, as Tori's spending more time with the cast, he's becoming really jealous of. The relationship with Tori and Brian, and Tori, they're on a Skype, and the husband sees Brian, kind of asking questions and asking, "Hey, Tori, how's my butt looking?" He's definitely worried. Tori and Jason, they sit down with the writer. They're with Carlisle. They're trying to work it all out. And Jason tells Tori, "No, it's one or the other. It's me or him. We can't. I'm not going to work with this guy. Uh, He won't work unless they fire the writer that got his wife pregnant." I mean that seems fair right Tori Is Dealing with producer drama She Is getting it on all sides From everyone everyone has their demands Everyone has what they want And she still doesn't have Shannon in the mix yet And now her husband's getting a little jealous So he asks for no love scenes Between her and Brian Because he's nervous So he doesn't want anything between Donna and David Tori goes to talk to Jason Try to smooth things over again And Jason called said, he know, I called the network And I told him the ultimatum And so now Tori has to talk With Emily, who's in charge of the show Emily Valentine So, Shay Now Since Brian is working Shay, his famous Rich wife, she's gotta be at home with the kids A little bit more, and she's not quite Used to it, one of the kids ends up Running off, and then it's Zach, the assistant, creepy assistant, who's bringing him back in. She's just not quite used to taking care of the kids. Tori and Jenny, they hang out. And Tori's still a little bit upset that Jenny didn't tell her about the incident with Jason. And Jenny mentions that she's falling for Jason, which we, we all know. We all know she wants some some priestly. She, who doesn't want some priestly? Emily. Is upset with Tori because they they have to fire the writer now. So Carlisle's going to be out. So she tells Tori to fire him, to go get Shannon, and to figure some things out. Emily V, AKA Christine. I've been saying Emily because we probably don't know her name as well as some of the others, right? I am going with Tori to fire Carlisle. So two weeks out, they have to fire the head writer, and they still have no Brenda, a.k.a. Shannon. Tory fires him, but he doesn't really seem upset, so this guy is up to something. He's, hes We already know he's a bad dude. Zach ends up taking the blame for Shay and Brian's little girl who got out. And he's trying to win over Shay. He's trying to win over Brian. He's just playing him. Creepy kid Jenny ends up going to see Jason At Gabby's And she tells him That he should stay with his wife And he should tell his wife About their affair She's obviously in love with him And she just doesn't want it to go any farther So she's trying to push him away Brian Who's going to fire Zach But Shay lets him know That she was the one that, that actually Let Bryce out So Brian I think this is the this kind of wins him over and he ends up talking to Zaka about it a little in a little while later and he gives him a key to their house so this really scored major points with them Ian is heavily drinking he's not coping well with the divorce and the women problems now and he doesn't understand the the world and how things have changed he can't compliment he can't flatter women he's getting drunk and he picks up you know when you're at the bar, like the in the in the bar where the bartenders mix the drinks, there's the mat underneath where all the spilled alcohol kind of gets on this little mat. He picks up the mat from the bar and he he squeezes all the alcohol from it into a glass. It was so gross, but it was hilarious um. Jenny, we, she's having These interactions now with her new bodyguard With Wyatt, she's starting to like him There's a little bit of weird flirtation They keep running into each other when Jenny hears something So there's a lot of these these Figures now who are Who are a little bit creepy and we don't know If they're good or bad, right? And, and we're seeing that with We're seeing that with Zach, we're seeing that with The writer, we're seeing this With even Emily um, and the assistant writer seems like there's something a little more there. There are uh, it's 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 getting a little better, right? There are a lot of different things happening now, and you may not like all of the storylines, or maybe not like what everything that's going on with everyone. But there's a lot happening at least, so it's not uh, it's moving, and and there's they've introduced new people and and, and new storylines, which I think is a is a big positive. So. Jason goes back to talk to his wife And he tells her about Jenny And he tells her that he ended up Having an uh, an incident An affair with Jenny when they were in Vegas Brian Gives Zach a key to their house He scored some points He has scored those points uh, And Tori goes to Peru She has to find Brenda Shannon She's climbing the hills through the wilderness In the middle of nowhere She ends up fighting Shannon in a shack and in With some sort of shaman uh, Tori is begging Shannon For her help And she agrees She's going to come back and help Christine Being very flirty with Gabby Matches with Gabby on a dating app So it looks like there's a future with them And the new head writer Was the girl that Ian had that weird Awkward interaction with Immediately she tells Brian that she wants a hot and heavy love story With Donna and David And now Shannon is back And they have their photo shoot So the next few episodes How is everybody going to deal with Shannon Seems like Shannon Is not quite right right To be back in this world of Hollywood What's going to happen with Emily and Gabby What's up with Tori And Brian and the, the love Story they're going to have to have on screen We know that Jason and Jenny Are going to continue to have some flirtations There, the weird writer The weird stalker Zach, that is BH90210 (laughs) Thanks again folks for Tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast Hope you all enjoyed it Remember, there's some fantasy football On the most recent one If you're into fantasy football before you go And In draft, take a look. We cover running backs and quarterbacks.